the line that grabs me from that scripture is the line that says, God thinks of us as a sweet aroma. Kind of hold that before you this morning as we share together. God thinks of us as a sweet aroma. What's powerful in that is that the power of scent is one of the greatest powers there is. The reason the power of scent is so powerful is because more than any other sense, it connects us back to our deepest feelings and memories. And God thinks of us as a sweet aroma. It means that when God thinks of us, God thinks of a powerful people. The power of scent. Every time I smell Estee Lauder, I think of my grandmother. It's like she's almost in the room, even though she died 20 years ago this Christmas season. Now, when I smell Chanel number five, it means that grandma was going out. (laughs) That was her going out perfume. (laughs) This is the season of powerful scents. Every Christmas season, I find myself thinking back to Hamlin, Texas, a little town in West Texas. It's where my great-great-grandfather Solomon and my great-great-grandmother Christine settled after immigrating from Sweden with a stop in Austin to help build the state capitol. I grew up in California, so Christmases in Hamlin only came about once every 10 years. But there was nothing like Christmas in Hamlin. We didn't need an alarm clock because every morning, Christmas season or summer, fall or spring, Mima and Granddad would get up and they'd start frying bacon, making coffee, burning toast. It was always burnt. I don't know why. (laughs) Cooking eggs. And that smell would awaken me. But it wouldn't just awaken me to the day. Because it was Mima and Granddad fixing it, it's like every day, every morning at 6.45, I was awakened to my faith. I thought of that scripture that my grandma and granddad taught me. This is the day that our God has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. So that wasn't just the smell of bacon. That was the smell of joy. That was the smell of faith. That was the smell of hope. When I smelled that bacon, I knew that later on we were going to go fishing. (laughs) Yes, I used to fish. I used to put worms on the hooks. I used to even gut and clean the fish. I really did. (laughs) Yeah, even me. (laughs) A smell is not just a smell. God thinks of us as a sweet aroma. A scent that goes deeper than the surface. Something that taps into the deepest part of who we are. When Paul was writing about this whole idea of aroma, he was really trying to help people think beyond where they were. And especially in his time, the metaphor of aroma was particularly important. 
Now, when we read this scripture and it says that God thinks of us as a sweet scent, that maybe doesn't strike us as being all that amazing. After all, we, for the most part, smell pretty good. I made a point of smelling people after 9 o'clock service, and like 99% of them smelled really, really good. (laughs) The thing is, in our day and age, we have colognes and perfumes and deodorants, and most of us brushed our teeth this morning. So for the most part, we do smell pretty sweet. But the reason this scripture is so powerful is because in Paul's time, when he was writing about being a sweet aroma, there weren't a lot of sweet aromas to be smelled. (laughs) In that time, they didn't have all the cosmetics. And in that time, they didn't have plumbing like we have now. So you can imagine what it was like to live in a populated area at that time. Basically, they just dug a drain, and pretty much everything went into that drain, and that's what you smelled all the time. So something that smelled good, something that smelled sweet, that was amazing. That was something special. And when Paul was writing this scripture, he was saying, that's what God thinks of you. God thinks of you as something special and powerful. In fact, there's a reason why two of the three gifts that were brought to Jesus at the Nativity were actually fragrance-oriented. The frankincense and myrrh both had wonderful, wonderful fragrances. Now, why was two out of the three gifts fragrances? Because at that time, fragrances and spices were considered equally precious to jewels. Because something that smelled good was a rare commodity. So when this scripture says that God thinks of us as the aroma of Christ, what's coming through is we are something special, something potent, something powerful. It's as if God is saying, do you know who you really are? If you're not sure who you are, just take a whiff. Smell life there. Take a whiff and smell hope there. Take a whiff and smell love there. Oh, we're we're not just ordinary people. We are the sweet aroma of God. And our purpose is to infuse the world with aromatherapy. Hope, life, the power of scent. It made me wonder, what did Joseph and Mary smell that night in that manger? I wonder if they smelled a miracle. What stands out about Christmas is not just the sights and the sounds, but the smells. It was probably that way for Mary and Joseph on the first Christmas. After that holy night in Bethlehem, when the Son of God became flesh, the smell of a barn had a whole new meaning. Never again would they smell hay in the same way. It was an experience that transformed the smell of a barn into the smell of a miracle. It was the smell of God come to earth. It was the smell of life. What kind of God is that? 
who would turn the smell of hay into the smell of a miracle. A God who takes ordinary people and ordinary things and transforms them into heaven on earth. Hope. Power. That night, a miracle happened. The smell of hay was transformed forever in the hearts and minds of Joseph and Mary. After that, they knew what a miracle smelled like. So this morning, in our ordinary circumstances, what kind of miracle do we need? Look at your own life and think, what kind of miracle do you need? And imagine, what would your miracle smell like? Take a deep breath. What's your deepest prayer? What's your deepest hope? What would a miracle smell like to you? I know that many of you are dreaming of being parents, either through adoption, through other methods. What would your miracle smell like? Maybe it would smell like baby lotion or baby powder. Go ahead and imagine that smell. Or maybe you are praying for healing, for a physical healing. What would that smell like? What would a miracle smell like in your life? Go ahead and imagine that smell and experience because imagination is the beginning of the miracle that God holds for us. Holy imagination. God thinking and living and breathing and moving through us. Miracles. The power of scent is so amazing that it makes us powerful, which means that God has ordained us to be miracle makers to our world. What would it be like for us all to become a people making miracles happen all around us? As we go into the hustle and bustle of the Christmas season, every time our sense of smell is stimulated, it can serve as a reminder that we are called to be that aroma of Christ right here in this world. When we walk through the perfume section of the department store or step into that candle shop or smell the sweet scent of spiced tea, or how about catching a sniff of that peppermint candy. Anytime you scent, smell a scent of Christ, remember, we are God's answer to the aromatherapy for the world. So we move through this season. My challenge to me and my challenge to all of us is that we wouldn't just move on a superficial level, but everything around us would remind us of our calling as Christians, our calling to serve, to be the aroma of Christ in our world. What this scripture is saying is, what kind of statement are you making through your thoughts and words and actions? It's through your thoughts and words and actions that the aroma is released. Now let's admit it, some folks wear perfumes and clones that really make a statement. (laughs) (laughs) 
Is our life making as powerful of a statement? Some people will put on a cologne and you'll know when they're in the room. Well, how about our faith? Is our faith so evident and so alive and so powerful that people know we're in the room? Be it on the construction site or at work or in that classroom. What kind of statement are we making? Sweet smell of perfume can permeate a room without being so strong that it makes everyone sick, so the people of God can permeate an office, a home, a construction site, a nursing home, or even the city bus with the aroma of Christ. When we live out our faith, the impact is meant to be noticeable. One doesn't have to look far to find people who need the Spirit to help them find the breath of fresh air that Paul here calls the knowledge of Christ. They are everywhere. During this time of year, when depression is rampant and the scent of despair fills so many places, the church has been equipped to make a difference. The need is for life in Christ, hope, faith, love, and the knowledge that Jesus' coming really did change things. Hmm. Another question that comes is, how is our sense of smell? How is our sense of smell as a congregation? Again, take another deep breath. Hmm. Maybe you smell the coffee coming from next door. Maybe you smell friendship. Maybe you smell that favorite cologne that your boyfriend wears. But how powerful is our sense of smell? If our sense of smell is as powerful as God calls it to be, it means that we will have the capacity to smell beyond this room. And to realize it's not just about us. That when we smell further and smell deeper and smell beyond these walls, we will also smell a sense of loneliness perhaps. Maybe we'll smell that sense of hunger. Maybe we'll sense and smell the searching of our community. When I look out this morning and I see all of you, I praise God for you. Amen. You are the aroma of Christ. And I love you and I thank you for being here. But I also cannot help but this morning think of those who are waking up to a hopeless day. I have to look beyond this place to think of those who perhaps just lost their job on Friday heading into the Christmas season. They're not quite sure where to turn, and they don't have a community like this one. Perhaps that person who is waking up this morning in the crystal meth has lost its edge. That's being felt and experienced right now. And I cannot help but feel and look beyond this room. Because what ultimately is happening is this scripture, in this scripture is that God is saying, how far is your impact? 
How far does your aroma reach? Is it powerful enough to extend beyond yourself? Is it powerful enough to change the world? This is no ordinary sin the Apostle Paul is talking about. This is the most powerful scent in the world because it is the scent of hope. It is the scent of God's grace. It is the scent of redemption. It is the scent of freedom. It is the scent of liberation. It is the scent of direction and vision. It's the scent of God's love for God's people. And I want us to celebrate at church and have a wonderful time and praise God, but let us never forget that there is someone who has yet to find this place. And so I think of people this morning, and I think about how God has called us to be miracle makers. And then I can't help but also admit what stands in the way of the miracle that God wants to hold for us this morning. In your worship folder today, there's a bright yellow sheet that talks about the miracle on 11th Street. As I was praying about where we are as a congregation, I can't just gloss over the deficit that we have going into the end of the year. And I've prayed about that. I've held that before God. And... When I don't pray, I get real nervous about that. But when I stopped and prayed, what came to me was that this is a congregation of miracle makers. And then the phrase that came to me was miracle on 11th Street. I mean, this place has been a miracle for many of us. Many of you have told me that you are here and alive today because of this congregation, that your life was literally saved by this place. Well, that's a miracle. And so it's not about the deficit, it's about people. It's about going beyond that to reach the people that God loves so much, to be the aroma of Christ. And so I said, okay, help me with this. Give me some ideas. And so the first thing that came to me was to call us as a congregation to pray every day from 12 to 1. That wherever we work, wherever we live, we would take at least a few minutes during that hour to praise a congregation. Imagine the power of that. Imagine that your brothers and sisters are praying throughout this entire region. If you travel, it may even be across the world. That that at some point, we are all praying together. I, I believe God can use that. The second thing that came to me was that by Christmas Eve, we can raise $50,000 to finish the year strong so that we can go into 2007 ready to unleash ministry like we've never unleashed it before. So I shared this idea with the board of directors. And the board of directors just started writing their pledges. And I am pleased to announce that as of this morning, your board of directors has already pledged over $13,000 to make this miracle happen. (laughs) Okay, that's just 10 people who have already brought us about 20% of the way to the miracle. I think God's going to work through all of us to help us finish this year strong so that we can touch lives for the purpose of hope. So pray. Think about what God would call you to do to make the miracle happen, to be a miracle maker. And then third, I want to invite all of you to a special lunch on December 17th, the Miracle on 11th Street lunch, right after this service. A chance for us to come together as a congregation and celebrate community to celebrate the vision God has for us and to be that hope. Take another long breath.
I believe in miracles. I just smelled a miracle. Why? Because the miracle is you. Amen and amen.